0: Our new soccer show on Sports Radio WNML. It's 991 The Sports Animal where you can hear us every single week between now and the Champions League final. You can hear the starting eleven right here on the Sports Animal. You can stream us live, 991Thesportsanimal.com or check us out on the app. You can always download the podcast on there as well. We're excited to be able to bring a soccer show to East Tennessee for the first time. And I'm excited to bring on my co-host for the first time, Chris Carroll. With Carol Sports Academies, he is my co-host for the Starting Eleven. Chris, how are you, sir?
1: Hey, Will, I'm great. Thanks very much. Great to be with you, Dave. Glad to have you, man. We're excited to do this. We're excited
0: to have get this show done. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself,
1: Chris? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I uh, I was born in Wolverhampton, England, so home of the famous Wolverhampton Wanderers. Well, maybe not so famous, but uh, <laughs> Wolverhampton Wanderers, otherwise known as Wolves, who I've been supporting for 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 many years. Um, they haven't done much for the last. 50 years or so, but living the dream at the moment. <laughs> well, that means they're due. They're due for a, a come-up, right? Absolutely, yes. So, top half of the Premiership, uh, Premier League. So, uh, yeah, things are going well. Um, I've been in Knoxville now for eight years. I'm coaching youth soccer for, for well, all my working life, 21, 21 years plus. So, um, love working with the kids. And we've been uh, running Carol Sports Academies in Knoxville now for uh, for the last
0: eight years. Well, let's get the website a plug. How do people get a hold of if you, they want to? They want a little uh coaching for their kids.
1: Absolutely, it's Carol C A R R O L L SportsAcademies dot com. dot com. dot com. And I mean, we're excited to be
0: able to bring this to you. Here's how the starting eleven will work every single week. You're the top 11 points, 11 of the top uh, topics in the world of soccer. We will bring that to you on the starting 11. And let's start it out with FA Cup action. That's what's coming up this weekend. FA Cup tie. Here's what's interesting with FA Cup. Um, Historically, I had always heard how incredible the FA Cup was and how impactful and important it was to people in England. Yet when I turn on the FA Cup on the ESPN Plus app, I notice that we're looking at half-empty, if we're being polite, stadiums. Uh, for these FA Cup matches, so I wanted sure. to know from from you, Chris, if you can kind of just give give a little bit of an explanation to the American audience for what the FA Cup historically has
1: meant. The, the FA Cup was the biggest game of the season in England when I was growing up, and probably up until the '80s, um, and it was the only, It was one of the reasons is because it was one of the only live games that was on all season, unless there was a World Cup going on or a, a major European game involving one of the uh, English teams. So. It was a huge day, and it, it was live all day from the morning. Cameras would be with the players in the hotels. They'd be watching them have their breakfast, seeing what they seeing what they were eating and drinking. And the nutritionists weren't around then, so it was, probably wasn't uh, wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> um, then so the the cameras would go on the on the burst when they went to Wembley. Wow. They'd interview the players on the burst, and so you'd hear the you get to know the characters of the players. You'd have the comedians there telling jokes, and you you get the quiet ones, you know, and. Uh, just with their heads down, not wanting to speak. So it was really it, it, it captured the whole whole nation right from nine AM you'd be watching live and then of course the games. There were two major channels that televised the tele, televised um anything in England way back then and they'd both they'd both cover the game live. Wow. Yeah, so you'd you'd pick your you know, you'd pick your commentator and um and then you you'd watch everything through to the after the after game um the after game interviews
0: all right so this was like the super bowl like what the super bowl is to us in america this is what fa cup was
1: the fa cup final was right. in england yeah yeah absolutely yeah it was the game and if you won if you won the fa cup it was prestigious and uh yeah you were you were somebody you were known and remembered
0: all right so what here's what i want to know what has happened over the years that now fa cup matches no one's there i don't know if you saw this west ham and west broms match um they actually for a quid, kids can get in. 10 pounds, mm-hmm. adults can get into this match. I mean, it's discounted tickets for this. Uh, there was recently a piece on The Athletic where they spoke to fans and asked about the lack of interest in the FA Cup. Um, they, they all were asked the one question, which is who won the FA Cup last year? And only <laughs> one guy remembered it. Of all the different fans that they interviewed that were at the FA Cup matches, only one could remember who even won the FA Cup last year. What's happened
1: over the years? It's crazy. I know. And now, you used to be able to list the FA Cup winners from you know year after year after year, and and you could picture the goals, you could picture the finals, and 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 you're right now. I, I passed last year, I'm struggling. Yeah, you know, and 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 it's because of money, pure and simple money. There was there was no big television money back in the day, um, because like I said, there was only one game perhaps um, live on TV. Well, now you're getting what five games. Six, seven, eight, eight live games. I usually watch six a week, yeah. yeah. Yeah, on TV. So there's massive television money now for being in the Premier League. So, for example, if you win the FA Cup now, you win three, four uh, and four and a half million dollars, three and a half million pounds in England, but four and a half million dollars. If you win the Premier League, you win $180 million. My goodness. Dollars. So if you've got an FA Cup game and then you've got a Premier League game three days later or a week later, you're going to rest your Premier League players. You know, the emphasis is absolutely on the Premier League. So this is so, why
0: we're seeing so many young players play second teamers and things like that. So really what you end up with is championship teams playing against Premier League teams who have their backups in and their young players, right?
1: That's right, yes. Yeah, And but it's even it's even affected the championship teams now because you, you top half of your championship table, they're all trying to get in the Premier League. So they don't want to risk their players playing in an FA Cup game if they can get into the playoffs or win the championship. Like Leeds, Nottingham Forest, West Bromwich Albion. That's true. Trying yeah. to, huge, if they have a chance to they, move they, up to the Premier League, and, yeah, and get into the get into the get into the gravy train of the Premier League, yes, yeah, so they're resting players, well, as well. So it depends on where it depends on your standing in the English in the English league on how you approach the the FA Cup games.
0: Here is what fans had to say that were in England. They were literally at FA Cup matches when they spoke to the Athletic. They said one of the big issues: time changed. The time changed because of international television. And because of that, it's become more difficult. it apparently, used to, 3 o'clock, that was when every FA Cup game was played. And you knew what the time change was. You didn't really have to look at it. You didn't have to worry about work the next day if it's a later match. You didn't have to worry about trying to travel and then get to an earlier match. But for those of us here in America who want to watch these things on ESPN+, Plus, they've decided to move the times of these things around a little bit.
1: Right. Yep. It used to be 3 o'clock. All the games were on the same day. Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock. Third round. That was when the the the, the uh, teams from the lower leagues met the big boys, and everyone played at the same time. And it was just a just a fantastic day. Everyone was watching all, all the results. Cause that's all changed now, like you say. And also, if your team's now got a a seven o'clock game on a Monday, that's work week. Then you're not going to get the travelling support going because they don't get home till eleven o'clock at night, midnight. From you know, if they're going from South Coast to up north. Yeah, that is Uh, tough. Yeah, fans aren't going to make the travel.
0: Four hour train ride or something like that, and then you've got to be at work the next morning? Uh, Absolutely. They're not doing it. That is tough to ask. All right, so I'll ask you if Chris Carroll's in charge of the FA Cup now, what Uh, do you do to reignite fan interest?
1: It's really difficult. Uh, uh, People have suggested making the winners of the FA Cup perhaps uh, go in the Champions League, make a spot for the the winners, because they don't. The the, uh, winners of the FA Cup, they're going to the Europa League right now. Yeah. You know, so. yeah, it, it's a difficult one because of the money involved, you know. So unless you start, unless unless you start sort of divvying up money, perhaps um, for, the, In, for increasing the lower league, the, increasing okay. the prize money or yeah. sharing it out somehow from somewhere else, you know. But but it, but it's a tricky one. Now it's still a a big money spinner for the lower league teams. So if you have got a, a league two a, a league two team and they they draw Manchester United at Old Trafford then then it's still glamorous for them. Yeah, and, that, that's and that's still the beauty of the FA Cup. There is still some uh, a beauty there of it and, and glamour there. But it depends on your standing in the game. If you're one of the top six with a chance of going in the Champions League spots, then FA Cup's secondary. If you're down the leagues and you pull out uh, a Premier League team, and and you, this, these clubs are surviving week to week. You you, know? you said something to my boss, Jeff Jardigan, and, and I try to
0: explain to people who, maybe if you're not a dyed-in-the-wool soccer fan and you don't know what we're talking about as far as the support in the lower leagues and things like that. Um, there are how many teams in England? 92 professional 92 teams. teams. Professional yeah. teams in England, and it's about the size of which state? Georgia.
1: Yeah, England is about, area, area-wise, area about the same size as, size as Georgia. So, around every corner you've got a you've got a professional you know professional team and it usually where you're born that's who you support so i was born in wolverhampton Wolves fan you know there's no unless unless you're uh, unless you're manchester united and they they say there's more manchester united fans outside of manchester than than inside (laughs) manchester i told you i met a guy (laughs) in new york last summer i was watching
0: the champions league final at a bar and i i ended up uh, running into a guy who was an everton fan he was like oh i hope you guys win and i'm like i really Mm -hmm. Because yeah i'm from liverpool and i'm like well, aren't you? Why aren't you cheering for Liverpool? He said, "No, no, I'm an Everton supporter. No one from Liverpool actually cheers for Liverpool. Liverpool." <laughs> so, and then all the Irish guys that were around me said, "That's right. No one from Liverpool said yeah. actually cheers for Liverpool."
1: Yeah, 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 it's true. It's true. But uh, you know, so but the smaller teams, you know, your your uh, Scunthorpe or or Darlington and you know if you yeah. the teams people never heard of and yeah. they'll, they'll go every week and they might be in league 2 or even below league 2 and drop out of the football league and and they'll go you know week after week
0: which is amazing mm-hmm. the support to me because like you look at a uh, uh, Norwich right Norwich city right. yesterday they lose the, they lose to the Tottenham um the one thing that I look at with Norwich is that that's a 75,000 person city it's yeah. the size of mariville uh-huh. and that's and they have a and they put twenty three thousand every match into that stadium, which is yeah. just incredible to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. So a, the
0: passion behind this, the only thing I would think that rivals it is it's college football, and maybe college football only in the South and in Big Ten country. Probably not anything else that we do in American sports.
1: Yeah, I would say that's that's a pretty accurate because those people at Norwich, the grand, the great grandfather will have gone and watched the grandfather, the, the you know the the dad and the son. And, and and the female members of the family yeah. as well. But when um, I met people in uh, in Knoxville who talk the same about UT football, you know, the family have had season tickets for for generations, you know. And it, so, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's very similar to that. But I, it is it's very tribal, and, and like I say, every town just down the, down the road, twenty mile away, every twenty mile there might be might be another another professional team. Which so at every game you've got atmosphere because you've got a, thousands of away fans. Thousands, which brings problems as well, you know, and and has (laughs) has brought a lot of problems over the years. Yeah, which they've they've managed to largely eradicate now with a lot of lot of policing and and what have you. But um, so so it's you know it's pretty good now, but uh, but it's great for the atmosphere because there's down around every corner there's a professional um, soccer team or a semi professional one or harden valley would have a team that isn't semi-professional and karns would have a team that isn't you know not even semi-professional and then players would come out of karns or harden valley and, and go and play for for knoxville or or, or farragut you know okay, who did have yeah a semi- so there's a whole network of there's a whole network of teams um all over the country
0: all right uh, point number two on our starting 11 and again starting 11 we'll hit 11 different points the top 11 topics topics in the world of soccer each week it is transfer window. Transfer window is going on right now. It is open. Um, so we'll ask this with you: Which team needs to be the most active during this window, Chris? <laughs> well, I mean, you can pick
1: one of ten, really. I mean, <laughs> when the window opened, I was yeah, thinking, yeah, give me well, a few of you that you think that probably th- need to make some moves. Bournemouth are looking in trouble. Yeah, uh, and and they've got it. they've just had Jordan I go out. Um, Bournemouth, West Ham, um, Villa. Um, I know Villa have made a few three signings now. the 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 problem with, you can make signings, but the problem with the the teams at the bottom of the league, they're not going to attract any big hitters because yeah. no big hitters are going to want to go and. You know, I'm not going to play in ju- Champions League next year. Right? Exactly. Or, yeah, yeah they, the Champions. They might go down. So um, so so it's tricky. They've got to get maybe a, a a pro a good old pro that's been around a while who can who can get in the faces of the young lads he's playing with, you know the young guys and 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 get them going a bit of experience on the field. Yeah. But but it, it, it's tough. So yeah, Bournemouth look like they're they're sliding. Um, no, yeah, you mentioned
0: uh, Villa. Villa's one that I would point out as well because they <laughs> they lose the Wesley. Their summer's big signing. Their starting goalie Tom Heaton went down the same match on New Year's Day. Yep. they lost John McGinn just ten days earlier, and they're really really close to relegation. So unfortunately for them. Norwich is a mash unit and Watford doesn't seem to be able to get their stuff together, but mm-hmm. it, it really looks like Aston Villa. It was a much needed win for them against Leicester City, but it does look like they've got, they've got some problems right now. Aston Villa does, and I don't know what you do with injuries. They've made some signing sense, but mm-hmm. it seems like every time that you hear them or rumored to be connected to some striker to be able to take Wesley's place, because right now they're going, just going with one of their wings that's, uh, that's playing striker right now they don't actually have a number 9 there. Right. Whenever you see them linked to someone, it seems like it's 18 million pounds. Too rich for us. You know what I mean? That's right. the, that's the thing that you keep seeing with Aston Villa and I think they've got to make some move to get a legitimate striker in there, even if it's an aging player yeah. or a
1: younger player that maybe be a little bit more patient. Absolutely. Yeah, but the, the trouble with the young guys then, you haven't got too much time to yeah. bed them in. They got to got to hit the ground running.
0: Yeah. That is that is very tough. Tottenham's another one, of course. Selfishly, I will say Tottenham needs to make some moves during this window. Harry Kane's injury becomes something that just, you you must, I, I love Lucas Moura. I just don't think that he's the guy that's going to be your legitimate number nine until April. If you want to make a run back into Champions League, uh, one of those top four spots to get into the Champions League. So they probably need a striker now, and they definitely need right back and center back. The unfortunate part with Tottenham is it's like kind of twofold with them, and that they, they don't have the players to play Jose's system where you defend from the back. They're they've built around the attacking high press with with poach right so mm-hmm. um, that is tough so because of that they they don't necessarily have the players for it they're also unmotivated so I never know what I'm evaluating what Tottenham is are they unmotivated or do they just not have the players to be able to fit this system but the, mm-hmm. it does seem Jose saying some of the same things that Mauricio said and I do think that that shows okay maybe they do need right back maybe they do need another center back. Maybe they do need another midfielder, mm-hmm. even though it looks like they have a wealth of riches at midfield. So Tottenham's another team that I would point to there.
1: Yeah, it is. And if I, if I was Tottenham, I'd get Levy to break the bank and get Danny Ings in. I really would. Yeah, I think he can, He can. Um, you know, he's a number nine. He's scoring goals. He's scoring a lot of goals for Southampton this year, who, who haven't been doing great, are doing well now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I think uh, certainly short term for the end of the season, yeah, he's got an injury record, but right now he's on fire. So. But between so, he and, he and
0: Harry Kane, the two injury records that they have <laughs> might end up making a yeah. whole player between yeah, the two. Like of them, exactly. Right? Yeah, they could alternate. <laughs> United's <laughs> another team that everybody's kind of linking with everyone in Europe right now. And a lot of that's because they just need help somewhere. Things just need to get better somewhere with, for Man United. Uh, the loss to Burnley was, had to be devastating because we saw how close they were against Liverpool. So it looked, every time you start thinking they've taken a step forward, then they take two steps back United.
1: Yeah, I, they're in they're they're in a mess. Yeah, it just seems they're in a mess from top to bottom. They're talking about the board, the board's got to go. They're talking about the the, the coach, Olly Gunasolsia, he's he's got to go? because yeah. he's such a hero, then the the fans are behind him and giving him more time. Uh, and you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, one one day they, they play okay, and then and the next day they're just like the worst game anybody's ever seen from Manchester United. For the teams that you've been on,
0: or coach, when you see that, when you see a team that can go toe to toe with anybody. And at other times, they can, they can lose to a team that doesn't have half their talent. What, what is that usually in your estimation?
1: I think it's confidence. Yeah, I think um, they've just got to be given that belief that they can, uh, they can do it every week. Uh, they've got a y- lot of young lads playing. Um, they haven't got a great deal of experience in there um, in terms of a lead. They've, they've got some players who've been around a while, but but they're not the loudest of guys by, um, by, by the looks of things. Um, Phil Jones... Apparently had it. He was he was player of the game for them. Phil Jones against um, uh, who did the play last? They uh, Burnley. Yeah. Um, so and he's been under all sorts of uh, fire from the from the fans lately. So if he's your best player, you know that that just says something. Um, and
0: then especially when you talk about one hundred forty million dollars in in defensive backs, right? And then
1: if you look at how much they've spent on the midfield as of late, and oh, in no. not, and, and, and nothing from it, no. nothing for it. No, I think um, talking to transfer talk, I think they probably need to clear out, clear, clear Pogba out. Yeah, he does seem he, to need to go. Yeah, he just seems to be a. a, a, a I might be wrong. I'm not in, the, I'm in. I'm not in that locker room, but he just seems to be a bit of a bad apple. And um, Lingard, he struggled. He was on the crest of a wave a couple of years ago, with the World Cup, yep. and uh, you know for England and, uh, and Manchester United, and he hasn't. He hasn't scored. I don't think he's scored all season, so. Um, so yeah, yeah, maybe he maybe he needs to move on, but they need to they need to do something. They need to do something fast. Number three today, players on the move, continuing the transfer talk.
0: Give me one player, Chris, that you think will be moved during this transfer window, and a player that should be moved during the transfer window.
1: Um, I, I think I think will be moved. Well, let's see, Je- Jesse Lingard. I think I think he's because everything's gone quiet, and he got a new agent recently. A couple of weeks ago, he got this super agent. So I think he's I think he's going to go somewhere. Um, it's just not. It's just not right for it's, him. It's, it's not working clearly. No, no. So um, I think he uh, he could. I mean, he could do it with confidence. Uh, he seems like a confidence player. And um, uh, uh, when he's confident, he's on it. So I think he could do a great job for uh, many a team in the in the Premier League or, or abroad. Yeah, well, one for me that I think will be
0: moved. It's got to be Christian Eriksen. And the reason right. why is you lose him for nothing. If you wait till the summer, you're going to get something for them. Levy seems to want to play hardball with Inner right now. They have him valued at 18 million. Inner wants to pay five. And so it, they're doing this dance at some point in time between now and when the transfer window ends. They're going to take the best offer they have for Christian Erickson. He doesn't really care to play that hard on the pitch. And I get that because he's in a bad contract situation. So why would you stick your leg in there in a position where you might get it broken or have an injury or something right. like that? He's got a deal worked out with Inter. They're going to get this taken care of. So for me, he is the guy that will be moved at some point in time. I do have the fear, though, like every Tottenham fan does, that Levy's going to try to negotiate some incredible... Levy's (laughs) like my grandmother at yard sales in the past, where she would try to negotiate every deal as tough as she can get it, and it would end up blowing about half of those deals. (laughs) So my concern with Levy is he's going to try to... They could have had Jack Grealish last summer for $24 right? Instead, he wanted to play hardball, walks away from the table... Now he comes back and says, what's he going to take for Grealish? $48 million. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, you, great, Oh, no, yeah, yeah, he's a great business. I don't,
0: friend, I, I don't think he knows how to haggle. Where so because just... of that, I have a, I have a little bit of a concern with what Levy's going to do with Christian Eriksen. But I do believe Christian Eriksen at some point in time between now and the end of the month is going to be moved. All right,
1: give me the player you think should be moved. Should be moved. First of all, did, did the Tottenham fans boo um, they Eric booed Erickson. I know. I know. It's terrible. I it's, thought,
0: yeah, that's what I heard. I it's thought, just, it's terrible. That's I know. I mean, he's for everything he's done for them, for Tottenham to go from being a small club to now being, you know what I mean, worldwide, that was that was yeah. very, and he
1: was a huge part of that. Uh-huh. That was completely nah, unfair for them to boo him. Nah, I know. I, I thought so too, but hey, I just wondered if you were. Um in the room. We'll I'm aware you. we're not we're I'll not heard proud, you, but heard uh, you were booing. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was alone in my basement booing at the television. <laughs> um, so should um, should go. I'm going to come back to Pogba. He's got it for the sake of money. I don't know how money. I said earlier on. I'm a Wolves fan, but um, but all the talk at the moment is of the uh, the giant that's falling, and and I think Pogba has to has to go. What's
0: interesting is we're almost at a place right now where a lot of American fans that have only been fans the last five years or
1: so. Aren't aware of Man United as 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 a giant or right. As superstars, right? Right. No, that's right. Yeah, they've. Uh, I mean, what was it? Eighties, nineties, just dominated. Yeah, you know, and um, until it, I mean, everybody else was sick of them. If you supported somebody else, you know. <laughs> so, so, so I'm not saying I'm enjoying it. I don't, wanna, I don't. I don't want to <laughs> upset Man United fans because I meet quite a lot of them. Yeah, but you know, what goes round comes around. I think it goes in cycles, and uh, hey. You know, it's nice kinda of nice to see other teams uh get an opportunity as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that it is. I will go with Todd Cantwell. I think he's the guy that needs to be moved. Mm-hmm. Twenty one year old. He's been with Norwich since he was the they're under ten, uh, but he doesn't want to return to the championship. And so if he if he's not gonna play for you when you do get relegated to the championship, and I and I love some of the young pieces that Norwich has right now, but they've dealt with too many injuries and they're too far behind probably to be able to dig themselves out of relegation. So if Cantwell's going to go, now's the time to, for you to be able to maximize that value I think with some of these teams that are so needy especially that need playmakers. Because he's yeah. 21 but he's a heck of a playmaker. Even oh he's
1: doing great. Th- yeah, the
0: the golden that Pookie had that ended up being a penalty that led to the penalty kick. It was Cantwell that set the entire thing up. So yeah. he's a fantastic player. He's just 21 and right now it seems
1: like you could maximize your value there. And he looks like he's been around for years. Yeah. He, just, he just slots in. He doesn't seem intimidated by the big stage at all. I mean he's, he's, he's just comfortable. And and playing in this Norwich team, and that's the other thing he can play because all these guys in the Norwich team can all play. I mean, people are saying that this Norwich team, if, if they go down, which it looks like they're, it looks like they're in big trouble now. Yeah. They're about what three wins away from safety? Yep. about nine points off safety. But they're playing some great, great stuff. I mean, a lot of there's been a lot of teams that have been relegated, that bottom place in the Premier League, and they've just been dire to watch. They've been awful. But Norwich, they can play some, they can play some good stuff. So. Cantwell he's, he's he's used to playing. You know, he he likes the ball at his feet. Uh, he's he's a good player.
0: He really is. I, yeah. I like a lot of the pieces that Norwich has. So I hate that they're kind of in the situation that they are because the entire back line, I if know. they're healthy, which they're not, but <laughs> when they're healthy, yeah. I love Lewis. I like Max Aaron's. I like Godfrey, the yeah. center back. I like. There's a lot of pieces there on Norwich to like. Before you get into Pookie, who's done a really nice job, I think it was a nice signing this past off season, and Cantwell who's doing a great job in the center midfield.
1: Yeah, they're great. Uh, good team. Good club as well, good solid club, and um, like you mentioned earlier on, you know, and they they've been around for a while and uh, good family club. Yeah. As they as they're known. And it, uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a term that you, you use suggesting that they'll never be a, a, a great, you know, a giant. But um they've had their moments. Um but but yeah, it's not looking good for them right now, sadly. Yeah. We'll come back on the other side. Top of the table. Can anyone catch Liverpool?
0: We break it down next. Starting eleven live on ninety-nine one the sports animal. Benchmark Physical Therapy brings you the Starting Eleven every Wednesday, starting January twenty ninth from seven to eight o'clock on ninety nine one the sports animal. You can stream online nine nine one the dot com or on the sports animal app.
1: When you Through a storm,
0: hold your hand up high. And welcome back to the Starting Eleven, our new soccer show on 991 The Sports Animal. Will West, Chris Carroll here with you from Carroll Sports Academies. CarrollSportsAcademies.com is where you can find out more. If you want to get an incredible instruction for your children out there that are playing uh, uh the lovely game. Um, we're at number four right now. If you're just joining the program, if you've missed the first portion of it, you can always podcast us at 991 thesportsanimalcom Okay, top of the table. Here's a big question I think that everyone has. Can anyone catch Liverpool? They're sitting thirteen points clear of Man City last night. Man City's won their last five, but is it too li- too little, too late? And is Liverpool just
1: just is it a done deal that they're going to win this thing? You know what? Uh, it is, isn't it? I think it's it's done. It's done. Much as I hate to admit it, not because I don't like Liverpool, but because I'd like to see the, the the race go on for for longer. You know, yeah. like it did last year. With, I don't know, there's only two of them, but so yeah, I'd like more more clubs to be involved. But I yeah, they're just a machine at the moment. And I, I can't see, I can't see anyone catching
0: them. No. It just seems like every time I think that they're down too, or maybe someone's going to get them over and over again, you just walk away disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so, I mean, nothing, oh, against, I nothing against Liverpool. I don't have it gets Liverpool either, but it's just, if it's close, you almost feel like at this point, Liverpool's
1: going to win. So those guys in that, in that locker room. They have to believe that if it's close, we're going to win, right? Yeah, they've got that mentality, that just that winning mentality. Like you say, they just keep on going from to the ninety fourth minute, and you think this is this is the day, this is the one they're going to lose or tie, and then boom, you know that last minute winner comes in.
0: Behind them, Man City kind of has, has it figured out right now, but then you have Leicester City and Chelsea. Leicester City they're dealing with some injury issues, a little bit of a scare this week from Jamie Vardy. Uh, they thought it may have been a uh, hamstring issue. It turns out it's not a hamstring issue. Maybe just a little hip pointer. So it looks like he is going to be okay. They said they got good news on them. It, Leicester City's dealt with some injuries at the back end as well. Do you think they what what's that look like for Leicester City in your opinion? Move are they going to be able to hold on to this Champions League spot?
1: Yeah, I think they will. I I think like the year that they won the Premier League, everyone was saying, can they go can they go all the way? And and because it was Leicester, everyone was doubting them, but they just kept going, kept going week after week, week after week, obviously won the won the Premier League. And I think there's no reason why they can't can't do the same. They, they let's put it this way. They seem as good as anyone else out of the, out of the next five, six clubs, well, the, you know, if not better.
0: That's a lot of it too. Do the Wolves have enough talent? Uh, let's, do you trust Man United, Arsenal, Tottenham? No. Right. Mm. So I don't trust them to, right. to be able to take that spot from Leicester City. So I, and frankly, they could just. Handle their business at King Power and try to draw every other match on the road, and I think they would be all right.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. And the Vardy in- injury uh, doesn't seem doesn't seem bad. It's not a hamstring; it's a glute, apparently. Yeah. Um. So he's not going to be out too long. So yeah, I think top. Three, you know, the three places I think are tied up: Liverpool, Leicester, Man City, or whichever. You know, whichever order you want to pick out of those two. And then, um, then that fourth place is, is one of one, two, three, five, five six clubs. Sheffield United is still up there. That's the amazingly, yeah, they, yeah. You're right. They are
0: still in the conversation yeah. there. Chelsea. Do you feel like Chelsea's got it figured out? It looked like Chelsea's weird because it was a team at the time that you thought, okay, I like their wide players, but they don't have anybody that can finish in front of the net. Now it seems like they've gotten that figured out just a little bit. Um, and then behind them though, the, it's, the question for me with Chelsea in that fourth spot, Who's going to take that from them? I almost think your Wolves are the best, are the team that's best suited to be able to do that because not that they have the talent that Man United or Tottenham or Arsenal have. They just seem like the team that has it together a little bit more.
1: Team spirit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they have got. I mean, they've got some decent players and, um, Adam Traore, he's really he's really come on this season. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, he, he's terrorising some defenders and um, and and scoring scoring some goals and setting up some goals. So yeah, they've got unbelievable team spirit. Wolves are another team that they 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 they, they start playing in the about 60th minute. You know, they, yeah. a, they they give a team a goal or two head start, and then they keep going. They have got this team spirit to score uh, to score at the end of the game. So I'd like to think they got a chance. Yeah, from a you know a self indulgent um, point of view because they're my team. Um, as good a chance as as uh, as the other guys, yeah.
0: All right, so if, I, if you had to call it right now, give me the four for the Champions League if you had to pick today.
1: Liverpool, Man City, Leicester, Wolves. Wolves. Oh, yes. I like I that. Got, i got faith.
0: I will say Chelsea <laughs> ends up getting it done, and Chelsea finishes this off. So I think that we kind of just have chalk from here on out. Point five, and this is probably I I'm pr- oversimplifying this question a little bit, but here's point five for you today. What's wrong with Arsenal? Why have we seen or why are the Gunners in the position the Gunners are in right now?
1: I think a a big indication uh, uh, to help understand is that Özil, Arsenal paying paying Özil three hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week to to stroll around, be look unmotivated, (laughs) Um, and he's a world class. You know, he's won a World Cup. Yeah, for heaven's sake. So. He's a he's an amazing player, but for some reason he just doesn't seem to want to bust a gut now. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think that's spread throughout the team. And I, th- I think that, and, and also I think that the style of players that they've sort of accumulated, they've ended up with. They've got a lot of uh, a few flair players that that are good on the ball and look nice, and uh, but they've got no steel. And Arsenal in the past, the the legendary Arsenal teams that were winning the Premier League's. They had they had flair players, but they had steel as well. They had players like Patrick Vieira, Manuel Petit, Tony Adams, Martin Keown. Ray Pot- they could all put a foot in, but they could all play. Okay. So they so they, if things weren't going right, those guys would say, "Hey guys, you know, let's let's get let's get going here," and uh, and then the the flair players are kicking as well but right now it seems like they just got flair players they don't seem to have too much passion they haven't got uh, leaders I guess on the field is, is what they're what they're missing
0: I, I'll go with a couple of things that we've seen so far lineup selection I think was a problem before the managerial change but why did they take a managerial change to get Pepe Lacazette and Obama Yang on the on the pitch at the same time mm-hmm. it, it that makes no sense to me whatsoever why you would do that I think my my 12 year old nephew playing FIFA could have figured that out to put those three on the pitch at the same time yeah injuries have been an issue with Louise and tyranny uh Dealing with injuries. But Then the other thing I do think is possibly culture. Um, Oxade Chamberlain said in an interview just a couple of weeks ago that um, um, said the big difference between playing at Liverpool and playing at Emirates was that the Reds expect to win every single match, mm-hmm. and that just was not there. But does that speak to in your in your opinion and in your experience is that an issue of leadership?
1: Yeah, absolutely, it is. Uh, I mean, it, it, they just don't have it. They just they they don't have it on the field. They haven't got people. They haven't got players. On the on the team that scare the other players, you know, you you, you like going back to Vieira, Tony Adams. If those guys looked round at the team, if somebody wasn't pulling their finger out, and they looked at them and they, they had a quiet word, yeah, you'd absolutely they'd absolutely change the game around and they they start playing. And they, I don't think Arsenal have that, and that's and that's huge in in any I believe any team sport. All right, what is wrong with Tottenham? That is point number six today. Well, I think. The word what before he got injured, everyone was saying they're too reliant on Harry Kane. Yeah, and uh, and he's been used and used by England as well and Tottenham, and I think he, I think he's just broken down. And so um, it happened at the end of last year, and Son came to the party, and Mora showed up, uh, and I think it, Mora, yeah, I, I could imagine him being demoralised, scoring a hat trick in the semi final, then being dropped for the final yeah. for Harry Kane, who was partly fit, you know, or not 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 quite fit. So. Um, so I think that's 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 a problem. Ali's been off off the pace a little bit, although he seems to be coming back back at it now. Um, yeah, you, I mean you probably know Tottenham a lot a lot more personally, or you know than than I do. But but it, I think I think it's just come back to bite them that Harry Kane. Uh, it's been all around Harry Kane, and now they haven't got him, and now they're having to adapt, and it's taken them a while.
0: There, there's a there's a sports term in America that was actually coined here in Knoxville, and that is called uh, T. Martin syndrome. And it's where a team goes from being so reliant on just one superstar that everyone else kind of steps back and lets them do what they do because they can, they can lose to victory right. to the point where that superstar is no matter there. And then the collective group realizes we all have to step up. And I do agree with your gotcha. point about the overuse of Kane. And I think that's what happened last year in the Champions League mm-hmm. was that they, uh, son realized he has to do something. more realizes he has to do something. Delhi has to, Delhi's a guy that I think that can take his foot off the gas pretty easily. Erickson realizes he has to do something. So you mm-hmm. have a lot of that that was going on with that team last year, where a lot of guys stepped up, and there probably were two reliant on Harry Kane. Yeah. I also think that um, I don't think they're built to to defend the way that Jose wants to play, and he wants to defend from the back. And they're a team that the when when Pochettino was there, what they did was they it was attacking high press. Kane was a high pressing monster, and you just in the high areas they were going to destroy you. But we, the people would always say Spurs is going to spur. And that was because you'd be up 2-1. you think the whole thing's over. You're controlling the ball the entire time. Because you can't defend from the back and everything's high press, there's a breakaway that happens. The next thing you know, it's a draw. Right. And, and, and so it would be spur. And then or you'd give up two goals in nine minutes right, right at the end of a match. And you'd be like, what happened? And it's, well, you can't defend from the back. Right. It started out, it seemed like, with Mourinho. When he got there, he, his first thought was to, okay, we have the players to high press. Let's high press. And he was willing to do that. And then... They blew some leads, and, and and I think that was a little scary for him. Yeah,
1: has he got gun
0: shy? Yeah, that? I think he has a little. And he's gone, well, I think more so, he's gone bad to playing it the way he wants to play it. And right. the unfortunate part is I don't think they have the pieces in place to do that. I think that right back and center back are an issue right now. There is no one out right, wide. When he was healthy, it was Sissoko out wide or uh, Serge, and those guys just aren't the players that you want on that right wing. Uh, so that was always a little bit scary. And they can't seem to figure out the midfield, even though it does seem like they have an embarrassment of riches between Erickson, Deli, Sissoko, Lach- uh Eric Dyer is another guy that's there. Wings. Yeah, yeah. Harry Winks is another guy yeah. that that everyone wanted a year ago. You know, during the right. transfer window, it's up to he, him. Yeah, yeah he's, he's starting on the English national team. Right. And how in the world is he? You know, and he's, and he's barely able to get on the field since Mourinho was taken over. So I, I, they don't seem to be able to figure that out. And then, of course, not having Harry Kane there means you have no legitimate number nine. I also think that this, uh, this Sess kid, he's, he's a little obsessed with him and he's young. They have Tony Parrott, they have Sess that they're looking to be the future for this team. So the front line looks fine and the higher areas look fine long term. Right now, though, they don't have a legitimate number nine. Right now, they haven't figured out the midfield, and right and, and they just don't have good enough players, frankly, on the back end. And I don't think this team knows how to defend on the back end.
1: Mm. Yeah, the Tottenham way was just go score more than we let in. Yeah, you know, we're gonna let in, which just, I'm just I'm, I'm all about that. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. It's I'm fun. Right. Now it's also it's,
0: it's, you <laughs> might have a heart attack on any given Tuesday afternoon, <laughs> right. but it's right. it, it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, Mourinho must be some piece of work because. Uh, players just seem to have a hard time adapting to him or yeah. uh, you know i don't know if he just comes in and is this mysterious guy and uh, I, i'd love to be a fly on the wall because like you say harry winks uh, you know is a great example how can you go from from buzzing and 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 being the man to all of a sudden just going in your shell you know especially
0: with a coach who wants
1: to defend from the back and that's something that you do yeah. Right. So you think that that would really, honestly, he? I would have thought that Harry Winks was going to thrive with Mourinho. Yeah. It makes you wonder if it's just my, man, if my management's a big, big deal. Well, it is a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge.
0: They also have problems with it, Tottenham, that you've got some guys like Delhi, Delhi Ali can be a guy that if he's motivated, Delhi can go do what he did against right. Norris this week. Or if Delhi's unmotivated, Delhi can just. Yeah, kind of hang around and play for 60 minutes and get benched and kick things on the on, on the sideline when he gets benched. So, yeah,
1: strange one, night.
0: Eh? Yeah, so he he has responded at times to Jose, he has also blown up at times on the sideline to Jose when he's gotten benched for not having the the level of effort that he needs. Point seven is going to be our tactics tutorial every single week here on the starting 11. So Chris, every week is going to bring being a coach for a long time, being a player for a long time, is going to bring up a different tactical or strategic point with us to help us understand a rule, understand the games played, maybe understand, help a little bit of the audience that's inexperienced with soccer, understand a little bit more about what they're looking at if they're when they're watching the matches this weekend. What do you have for us today, Chris? Okay,
1: well, I've got. Uh, I want to start from the beginning, and 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 I'm going to explain how a coach will set his team up or her team up. Um, and you'll hear formations mentioned. You might hear a team's playing a four-four-two, for example, and that means um, the goalkeepers are given, so uh, the goalkeepers in goal, and then you've got ten outfield players to, and you can set those up however you want to. So a four-four-two, for example, you start from the back when you read those numbers out. So there's four defenders, four midfield players, two attackers. Another alternative would be three-five-two. Uh, you might play with three defenders, five midfield players, uh, and two attackers. Uh, and, that, and that can vary on on the coach. He, he might have a preference on on the players in your squad and what you've got. Who, who, who's suited to uh, who's suited to to playing what formation, or or the opposition, how they set up. And so you might want to nullify uh, you might want to nullify some of their attacking players. Now. So you can start like Liverpool for example they 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 start the game as a set up as a 4-3-3 now during the game it's fluid those numbers are fluid so players are going to move and and defenders are going to go into push into midfield and or even into the attacking line so Liverpool they it looks like a 4-3-3 that they're playing but during the game they like to get the two outfield the two outside defenders forward um so they end up looking like that. Leaves two defenders back. They they leave a midfield player sitting in front of those two defenders. So that can look at times like a two one four three. Okay, you know, very attacking. Yeah. Now they, you leave yourself open there to a counter attack if both of both of your uh, both of your fullbacks have gone. But but the players know who's going and and when they're going and and someone will cover around for them, you know, and and uh, and be looking out for that. So so it's very fluid, but on the whole. Um When you know when you regroup or the ball goes out of play or whatever, then you'll you'll go back to your your four four two or four three three or whatever it is.
0: Very interesting. So it really, it's the fullback position very fluid, and I guess that's why they make so much more than centre backs do, right? In the Premier League.
1: Oh yes, yeah, they're becoming the superstars. They now. really are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, back in the day, it was the fullback stayed home and just defended and played the ball up to midfield, and you might have the odd one do an overlap. Yeah. You know, uh, run round past the midfield player to get the ball back, but uh, but all oh, but now, yeah, they're uh, they're they're the athletes. I mean, you've got to be super fit as well to get up and down, um, which is interestingly enough. If you're looking at the youth game, sometimes the coach will say, "Right, we're going to play, we're going to get, we're going to have the fullbacks bombing up and down the bombing up and down the sidelines." Now, the poor young lads, they they might not have the fitness to do that. So, coaches will have it in their head that they that we're going to play this way, this formation. And if you haven't got the players that can do that, then you are in trouble, you know. And it's unfair to ask a player to do to do something that they they can't do. So then you might want to tweak tweak your formation, you know, and tweak your approach.
0: That's Chris Carroll, I'm Will West, starting eleven ninety nine one the Sports Animal. Benchmark Physical Therapy brings you the starting 11 every Wednesday starting January 29th from 7 to 8 o'clock on 99. one The Sports Animal. You can stream online 991thesportsanimal.com or on the Sports Animal app. And welcome back into the starting 11. Will West, Chris Carroll here from Carroll Sports Academies, our new soccer show on 991 D Sports Animal. You can always hit us up on social media. We'll answer any of your questions or comments that you might have. And remember, if you're not able to catch the show live, you can always podcast us at 991dsportsanimal.com or on the Sports Animal app. All right, relegation review is point number eight for us, Chris. Right now we're looking at Norwich, Watford and Boardmouth at the bottom of the table. Can any of those teams save their season in your opinion Yeah, I think
1: Watford are going to get out of it. I think Watford are going to be safe. Nigel Pearson's come in and done an unbelievable job, and I think he's, he's done a man management job. yeah they, they, they needed to come in and they made they, they needed someone to put their arm around them or give them a, get in their faces and, and and you know different players want different things, but he Troy Deeney said it's the first time he's been treated like a man. Wow. So in about three years. That was a quote. Yeah, that was, that's what he said. So um, that says something, you know. And, yeah. And, and um, so he did a great job, Nigel Pearson. He did the same thing at Leicester the year before they won the Premier League. That was basically his team that won the Premier League. So um, I think Watford are, Watford are going to be in good shape, even though they're they're sitting in there at the moment.
0: Yeah, I, it seemed like they won three straight, right? It, yeah. it seems like draw loss, kind of a shocking loss to Villa. That happened right. a little bit that nobody saw coming. The thing, I like a lot of the pieces that Watford has though. And if you look, I like Deeney. I like Dale Lefeu. Yeah. Frankly, they beat, they beat, uh, Tottenham or at least, you know, they, they probably beat Tottenham if, if Deeney's not struggling on penalties yep. the way that he is right now. <laughs> I guess he's missed three of his last six. So they were right there, toe to toe with Tottenham in that one. And I, I like the, uh, Decorey, I think is a fantastic player. They have a couple of guys that they that still need to take a step and, but, it seems like they have the leadership on the sideline now. It seems mm-hmm. like they have the leadership on the pitch right now, yeah. and I, they they have a lot of quality players that maybe they had just been underachieving a little bit. What can you tell us about the new manager there? Like, I don't know a whole lot about him at all, but the, he was the guy at Leicester City yeah. before the 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 year before the run, as you mentioned. Seems like the kind of guy that's able to build a team, able to motivate a team. Yeah. But whenever you get a meddling
1: uh, board or chairman, it does seem like he he walks away when that happens. Yeah, that's right. He's a no-nonsense guy. He was a no-nonsense player. He was a, he was a centre-back, and um, he, uh, yeah, he, he he had Leicester going really well, and then the the chairman he had a bit of a fallout with it with the uh, with the hierarchy at Leicester, and then he was gone. He was, he was gone quickly. Um, so he says it like it is. He's no frills. Uh, he'll be the same at Watford. He's exactly what they need. Yeah, he's come in and just shaking them all up. And, and they're playing for him. They, they are, are. Yeah, And it looks like the players—they've—they're buzzing. They're, they're really buzzing now. And 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 when you got that buzz, you have got a chance. Aston Villa. Am I
0: am I wrong to be concerned that with all the injuries that they, that Aston Villa, why, mm-hmm. if there's a if there's a team that's that's going to get out of the relegation zone, Aston Villa might be the team that falls in.
1: Yeah, I I I've got, just got a good feeling that they're going to escape. Okay, I think Jack Grealish. I think they got a guy who could single-handedly yeah. pull him out. Yeah. Um, I think I don't know if they're going to get a couple of injuries back you yeah, know and if they do that'll be a bonus in
0: April you get him again back
1: so that's going to be right. big yeah right yes so um oh and they've just uh, they've just got Rainer in goal that's apparently right apparently yeah. he's br- he's brought so much confidence to the to the back cuz he's talking to them and he's just oozes he his confidence so they can tell what he's done so i think they've got i think i was con- more concerned for them 2 weeks ago okay um, and I think but I think you're feeling get, better I think, about I think they're going to get out there Yeah, West Ham then maybe the team that falls oh, I believe so yeah Okay. I think West Ham I think uh, I think you're looking at uh, Norwich Bournemouth West Ham yeah West Ham uh, I don't know they've gone back they've gone back with David Moyes and it, it I mean it didn't it, it didn't light any fires the first time around and then and they've gone <laughs> they, they, then they went to try and play a certain way with with Pellegrini and then the same players are there now they've got to get and Moyes has got to try and play a different way with with Pellegrini's players. So I don't know. It seems like there there there's something not quite right at West Ham, and the, the fans aren't happy. They're protesting at the ground. It's, it all's not well.
0: Number nine is always going to be our target man each and every week on the on the starting eleven. Give us the one player that
1: you're targeting to have a big match this weekend. Okay, so it's uh, FA Cup FA Cup weekend this weekend. Yes, so we might have a, a surprise or two. It's always good if we do, and I, I think. What one game where we might do is Brentford against Leicester. I I, I like that one. Yes, yeah. And and Ollie Watkins is the uh, is a centre forward there. Who's he's, he's a joint leading goal scorer in the Championship at the moment. Got eighteen goals. He's on fire. Uh, a lot of teams looking at him. A lot of other teams looking at him. So I can see um, Brentford Leicester are going to be uh, probably resting a, a player or two because going back to what we were saying before the they 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 reaching for top 4 in the in the premier league. So like I can see Leicester Leicester uh, resting a player or two. Brentford mine, Brentford are, um, Brentford are up there as well. So um you know uh fifth in the fifth in the championship at the moment. So they they could well rest a player or two as well. But um Ollie Watkins I've got down as as the guy having a having a good big game this weekend.
0: For me it's going to be Gerard Dale Fayeu. Four goals on the year. He finished each of the last two seasons with 10. He's got to take a step, right? I mean, he's 25 years old. Now, now is the time that if you're going to take a step, take a step. Uh-huh. You got, I mean, you're, you're third right now and you're, you're center forward and you're third right now on your team and goal scored. Mm-hmm. That's not going to get it done. And right. it seems like everyone else is responding to the new manager. It, that's the one guy we mm-hmm. haven't seen results from. And they call the magic man for a reason because he can, he can play. It's just, it's, it's time for him to take a step. Dini's taking that step. Yeah. Ducouré's taking that step. Dale Feio is going to have to be the other guy that takes a step for yeah. them. Number ten is going to be the MLS in Nashville today, Chris. Um, MLS in Nashville gets going with the Nashville SC. In your opinion, what is it going to take to make the Nashville SC a success?
1: Crowds, big crowds, which because it creates atmosphere and 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 a buzz and um, and that hopefully lasts. Now you can you can create that buzz and a big crowd um, and obviously a winning team. But if you don't have a winning team, those crowds will dwindle and uh, and the yeah. buzz will just quieten down a little bit. Yeah, so I think, it, uh, you know, it's a great spot. It's a great soccer city. Um, I think the crowds will be there initially. A big-name signing would be fantastic, you know. Like, that that like, would help, like, yes. Yeah, like a Wayne Rooney or mm-hmm. a Steven Gerrard that came over. Um, so I don't think they've got the big-name signing just yet. Um, but a winning team, big crowds and... Uh, and then keep it going.
0: Well, look at Nashville does a good job supporting their teams. When the Titans are winning, backsides are in seats at Nissan right. Stadium. When the Predators are winning, backsides are in seats at Bridgestone Arena. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It's a lot of Nashville's a transient city. Like, not everybody from there, almost no one from Nashville is actually from Middle Tennessee. Right. Uh, so it's it's going to take winning. I think that's going to help that. I do think you have a group of people who are soccer fans from other cities who now live in Nashville, work in Nashville, mm-hmm. that want to see this, this succeed. I do think uh, Nashville is about community, though, is, mm-hmm. and and so I do think that they need to entrench themselves in the communities as much as possible, and the matches need to become like events. That's one thing that really helped Atlanta United is over there at Mercedes. That is, I mean, it's out of no man's land when you talk about the city of Atlanta, but they kind of made these things like events, and so it's felt like winnings helped that. But it feels like when you go to right. an Atlanta United match you're part of something the way you do a football game maybe even a college football game more so than you do a professional football game. That's the atmosphere they have with the with Atlanta United. I think Nashville SC they need the same thing. They need a little bit of an atmosphere. It needs to be fun. People in Nashville will go anywhere if they can drink. So you need to make sure that that's <laughs> somewhat affordable. Yeah. And uh season tickets are pretty affordable. A season ticket package is $800. So right. they, it, it could that's be a, good. it's not bad. It could yeah. be a lot worse. And yeah. so they got the new stadium at the fairgrounds being built and all of that that's going on. That's the thing that I need, but you're right. At the end of the day, you can have a big buzz for a year, and if you're yeah. two, you're not winning. They can have a new stadium at the fairgrounds all they want to with nobody in it, right? Right,
1: Yep. Yeah. No, a family atmosphere, I think, is crucial. Get the kids involved. Yes. Get, the whole Get involved, involved in, in
0: youth soccer
1: because a lot of people who have moved there now have their youth involved in soccer, right? Yep, yeah, absolutely, yep. Yeah. And uh, I know we're going to be taking our academies. We're going to be spreading out to Nashville as well. That's so, awesome. Also, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully we can help that help that process get the kids um, get the kids playing in Nashville I mean there's, there's still a lot, of, a lot of clubs playing out there um, but less with, with we work not in the club level but we offer quality coaching outside the club environment so we get them ready for club soccer if that's what they want to do so so yeah if we can uh, broaden that pyramid base uh, of kids playing um, that's only going to help absolutely well, the mls
0: team absolutely all right final predictions number 11 final predictions
1: give me your fixture of the week this week mm. you know what in terms of there's, there's a couple we got uh, I'll, I'll mention the brentford leicester there's another one um millwall sheffield united as an upset okay. in, the, in the fa cup millwall is a it's an awful place to go and play the fans are ferocious Back in the day, in 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 the in the dark days when there was a lot of trouble, Millwall were notorious for having having fans who uh, let's let's say were a little aggressive. Okay, that's putting it politely. (laughs) So so and and the the stands, the um, the 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 field, all the the um, the field is really close. To the stands around the, you know, where uh, the ble- I'm trying to think of the American phrase. There's a lot of you say... The bleachers, the stands, point. the stands are yeah, yeah sort of there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, the, the field is close to the stands, uh, really close, and uh, it's an intimidating atmosphere. So I can see Millwall pulling off a shock with Sheffield United. But an interesting game is Coventry-Birmingham. Okay. Coventry City won the FA Cup in the 80s. Yeah, They beat your guys, actually. After ah, a ref- okay. They beat you guys after a replay. Coventry City have a huge history. Right now, they're in League One, so they're in the third tier of English soccer. About 20 years ago, they, 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 in their wisdom, they sold the ground that they were in in Coventry, and they were going to build this new stadium. It all went wrong. They ran out of money. They oh. don't have a stadium, so they don't. They haven't. They've been bouncing around for a home. Coventry City now ground share with Birmingham City, so Coventry City play their home games. At Birmingham City. So Coventry don't even play in Coventry right now. Wow. Yeah, so it's a real... It's, their fans have been through it. So Coventry City fans have to travel to Birmingham to watch them play. So Birmingham drew Coventry City away. So Birmingham are playing an away fixture at their own <laughs> ground on Saturday. So that's an interesting one. Is, Just a little... Yeah, FA Cup. That's a little thing that the FA Cup's thrown that, out there. That is a little interesting. I, I
0: think if I'm picking an upset, I think it's Brentford against Leicester City, like you said. I think one, Leicester City, they're dealing with injuries, the Vardy injuries not helping anything. I also think that they might start, they may rest players and just yeah. say we'll concede this one um, to make sure that we're healthy for the rest of this Premier League run. So I do think Brentford can get that win. My match of the week is going to be Southampton against Tottenham again. Um, just had a clean shoot against the Spurs, Southampton did on New Year's Day. Tottenham has a problem motivation Chris mm-hmm. and so this just feels like that spot yeah. where Tottenham doesn't, they, they they had their first goals of the year, literally of 2020 Against Norwich just earlier this week, <laughs> and it and I, and I can't help but think that this can be a self satisfied group that's out there right now, and I just think that Southampton they don't take they don't take possessions off, uh-huh. and we watch Tottenham take entire halves and sometimes games off, uh-huh. and because of the lack of motivation, I just think Southampton's going to outwork Tottenham. Oh, they're on fire at the moment. They, they really are, well? yeah. yeah, and yeah. I, and I think that they're. I don't. I think that they seem to be. Am I wrong? There, they seem to be concerned about the momentum. That they don't want to take their foot off the gas just in case. Right. Yeah, if the yeah. momentum ever stops, who knows where this can go? So we're going to ride this wave until it's over. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. They're scared. They've been down there. They're not going to want to take the foot <laughs> off the gas at all. No. They've, yeah. they've seen it and lived it. Yeah. they they But they're. At, they're not comfortable. They won't be. They won't be comfortable till the last day of the season.
0: All right. So our first on-air broadcast of the starting eleven is Wednesday. Wednesday, January 29th, 7 to 8 o'clock at night. You can hear us on 99.1 The Sports Animal. You can always get the podcast at 99.1 TheSportsAnimal.com. Chris, fantastic job on the inaugural show, sir. Been a pleasure, Will. Thanks very much. Yeah, looking forward to it. And thank you guys for giving us your time, starting at 11 on The Sports Animal.